Beer is part of the culture in Oregon. In a year and a half into the pandemic, the renowned industry is tired but still standing. Some big names are gone. Others expanded. And Beervana is once again seeing new businesses enter the crowded field. Oh, and the Delta variant is still looming. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pacific Source, for supporting the show. Up next, Andre Minier, breaking news editor and beer writer for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. We talked about how breweries have adapted to survive the pandemic. We said goodbye to some operations that are now gone, and we discussed what new features, like home delivery, are here to stay. Here's our conversation. Andre Minier, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, good to be back, Andrew. It's been a while. Andre, it seems like literally a lifetime ago that we talked about an incredible project you did looking at our city's finest breweries. Um, do you remember that? I, I don't. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, Mr. Thine. I think you went around to every brewery in town. I don't know. Yes, that was 2019. So like I think a decade ago. And um, at the end of the year, I wrote up, well, I visited about 50 breweries somewhere in that neighborhood. I can't remember the exact number anymore, but basically every brewery in Portland and um, wrote a profile of them, tried their beers. And then at the end of the year, I ranked the top 20 Portland breweries. I named the best beer at each brewery in terms of my palate, which, you know, is really all that matters. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and then I named Portland's 10 best beers. Um, it uh, was an adventure that I think I'm still recovering from, but it was really a lot of fun. And in addition to being a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic happened and we are still where we are today, but what in the beer world changed since then? And since that project? Oh gosh. Well, breweries have basically been, for the past 16 months, navigating what to do, how to stay alive, you know, how to keep the lights on. Uh, Many of them switched pretty quickly to more distribution uh, with cans, getting into grocery stores, uh, which was really the only way to get beer into customers' hands because the bars weren't open, restaurants weren't open, tap rooms weren't open. So putting beer in a keg wasn't going to work. And so the better and quicker a brewery could get beer into cans and get it into stores or do home delivery, uh, the more likelihood they were going to survive. And so some did all right and some didn't. Uh, they also built, got busy building exterior spaces, you know, using, uh, you're a former transportation reporter. What are those things in the street called parklets or something? Yeah, that's a sure parklet sounds good. Little, little parking spots. Yeah. Little parking spots where they put a picnic table on a, somewhat protective barrier i guess it's protective and and a roof and doing those um but breweries lost a lot of staff you know people uh, were laid off uh, went on unemployment and then they tried to get their staff back when it looked like things were going to open uh they just tried to keep the lights on they also had a lot of moral dilemmas to deal with you know should should we be reopening when they were allowed to reopen at various Mm -hmm. points you know that the government, the Oregon state government was saying, okay, you can open, now you can close, you're at 25% capacity, you're at 50% capacity. Right. Uh, they, they just got whipsawed, you know, and to nobody's blame, it, uh, from my perspective, it's just the way it was. And, and so they're continuing to try to figure out how to stay alive. 
So maybe this is a good point to talk about uh, a moment of reflection for some of those businesses that weren't able to stay alive last year. Um, what breweries are no more that you'll miss? Oh, gosh. Uh, list is not as long as I thought it would be, but it's not short. Uh, probably uh, one of the uh, two closest to my heart. One was Base Camp Brewing, which I just loved in Southeast Portland. It had such a great vibe there and a great aesthetic. The whole place was um, like walking into a, a brewery REI or something. <laughs> you know, That's a good descriptor. You had tap handles for uh, that were carabiners. You had a canoe over the bar. Um, you had all these beautiful image, images and photos around the walls of Mount Hood and, and all these uh, great Oregon places and spaces. Uh, beautiful outdoor uh, seating area patio and it's it's no longer it's actually going to be the second location for um, ecliptic brewing here pretty soon uh, mm. ecliptic bought the space um, the other one was laboratory and you know some of these are closed they're saying temporarily um, i don't know how temporary any of them are going to be and if some of them are trying to come back or or when they'll come back but laboratory was where i brewed a beer right before uh, the pandemic shut everything down. Uh, I made my fake brews IPA and did a little journalism adventure on how to how to make a beer, and it, that was a lot of fun. But Laboratory isn't operating right now, um, so I miss them. And then the list kind of goes on. There's Grixon Brewing in Southeast Portland, uh, Backpedal. Uh, right now, um, Road Beers is operating out of Backpedal. I'm not sure if or when Backpedal is coming back. Uh, you probably remember Bailey's Tap Room. Uh, downtown yeah. on Broadway, that's gone. Not a brewery, you know, in itself, but a, a very influential place in Absolutely. the beer world. Yep. Um, what else? Hopworks closed its North Portland spot, although they continue to operate in Southeast and in Vancouver. Rogue closed its Pearl Tap Room. Uh, the Thirsty Monk in Southeast closed. Ascendant Brewing in Old Town closed, although I've heard rumors that they're working to get that back open. Um, and of course, kind of the biggie, one of the, one of the old timers, Portland Brewing shut down uh, beginning of the year, which was, uh, you know, it's not really a brewery that was having an impact anymore, but it's one of Portland's, you know, first wave of breweries back in the eighties. So that was a tough one to see go. And I'll always miss Victoria Hensdale. Yeah, you kind of hinted at this, Andre, that in any industry, um, you know, really hard times are times where uh, some businesses elect to expand. Um, and there's been a lot of that in Portland, in the beer scene, it seems, with companies either going out to the burbs, right, out on the west side, mm -hmm. or taking over, you mentioned Hub, um, one of the city's other fine breweries took over their spot in, on North Williams. Uh, yeah, migration went in there. Uh, Grains of Wrath from Camas went in on North uh, Williams. Um, so there's been all these chess moves. And, uh, you know, some breweries, and again, the ones that I think could pivot to canning uh, mm -hmm. pretty quickly are the ones that did well. You know, Ecliptic expanded, migration expanded. You know, if, if you could get beers and cans, you, you would expand. And, uh, and then there were others that, you know, just kind of thought, well, this is the time to time to go. So we're going to give it a shot. 
Yeah, you mentioned canning. Um, obviously, there is a lot of um, innovation beyond just that, right? There's a distribution, like you mentioned. The speed, Andre, from which in 2020, I could order beer you know, on my phone and have it delivered to my front porch was kind of astounding. Is that something that brewers are going to continue? Or is that kind of a uh, an example, the home delivery of, of a way that they were adapting just to stay alive? I anticipate most of that sticking around. You know, the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, which is now the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission, uh, they changed their name a month or so ago to reflect their broader mission since pot became legalized. Mm -hmm. They really pretty quickly um, began working with breweries to help try to get them to try to survive. They expanded breweries' ability to deliver beer quickly, uh, which was, was not always the case. Um, and now breweries can bring beer right to your doorstep, which is probably one of the greatest, well, probably the greatest development, the sort of silver lining from COVID what, in terms of what happened with breweries. Um, and I, I would anticipate that sticking around. I know the OLCC um, also works with um, groups that advocate for, um, you know, moderation and, you know, addiction issues. So they've, they've got a balance to, to achieve, yeah. but, but I do think that uh, bringing beer to doorsteps and uh, packaging uh, has really helped the, an industry that really needed it. And I, I kind of don't see that going away. Yeah, I guess one of the flashbulb moments for me, Andre, when I think back to 2020, I guess when it pertains to beer is early on, you know, ordering a delivery from Old Town Brewery here in in uh, Northeast Portland, getting a hand delivery from from the owner himself, Adam Milne, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, that that shows the investment that that these uh, uh, men and women had in, in getting their product to, to consumers. Absolutely. And Adam also had another great idea at Old Town to have a sort of drive through beer market. Um, They would have uh, different breweries set up booths in the parking lot and you hop in your car and you drive through with your mask on and they'd have their mask on and you order your beer from them and off you drive with your cans of beer in the, in the trunk or, uh, (laughs) you know, it was a pretty neat scene. Uh, when you're talking to people like Adam and, and other, um, beer industry folks, um, with the caveat, obviously that you are one of our breaking news editors and have been leading a nonstop torrent of news for the last 18 months. But as you kind of stick your head out there and talk to people a bit more, what's the sense, like what's their overall mood from people that you've talked to? Like what's the pulse Are people just holding on or are they feeling okay? Or are they exhausted? I, I mean, what, what are you hearing? Uh, it depends what day it is, really, Andrew. Um, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they, you know, everybody started getting vaccinated, right? And cases started going down. And there was this huge sigh of relief from uh, the breweries and, that had been just clawing and scraping to hang on for the past year. Like, oh, God, we're going to get this behind us. They're starting to open up. And things felt like they were normal again. And then here comes this Delta variant. And the cases are at all time highs. And now everybody's mm-hmm. just bracing for like, oh man, what does this mean? You know, are we going to have to shut down again? There, you know, obviously everybody's masking back up um, because of the, the, the mandate to do that. Um, but I think at this point, everybody is exhausted. They're tired of it and they're not really sure whatever is going to happen. You know, every time there's a glimmer of light, the, the door gets slammed shut. So right now I, I, 
I can't really tell you what the sense is, you know, considering the the changes that were implemented last week. Um, I think people are still kind of pushing forward. And, and, you know, now there's the whole question of can we ask people only vaccinated people? Can we, you know, have a vaccination card requirement to come in? Yeah. So that's the issue that everybody's wrestling with now with the, the latest issue everybody is wrestling with now. And I couldn't tell you what it's going to be next week. Well, let's take a, a quick break and we'll come back and talk more with Andre Minier, breaking news editor and beer writer for the Oregonian and Oregon Life. So, Andre, with the obvious caveats of what you just talked about with Delta and kind of <laughs> we never know what things are like, but you've been out there recently um, writing about not just some of our existing breweries that have expanded or or um, relocated or what have you, but just n- new operations altogether. So tell us about some of the reporting and some of the new spots that, that you've seen. Yeah, well, uh, just this morning, I published a story about uh, Hammer and Stitch Brewing, which is a new brewery that opened up in October, right in the middle of the pandemic, in Northwest Portland, out, Portland, out in the Slabtown neighborhood. Um, it's, if you know where the big Montgomery Park building is, it's kind of yeah. near there. Um, and Ben Dobler is the brewer there. He is a longtime veteran Portland brewer. He started out at Bridgeport Brewing. If everybody, anybody remembers Bridgeport Brewing, one of the founding Portland breweries, and he cut his teeth there. And then he went to Widmer Brothers Brewing, where he, he brewed for a long, long time. Hmm. Um, he brewed at Laurelwood. He brewed at Mount Tabor. Um, so he's finally has his own place and his brewing partner is a guy named Cam Murphy, who was uh, who was the brewmaster at Laurelwood and then moved to Von Ebert. So there's some some serious quality going on at Hammer and Stitch. Um, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've also got um, Sean Burke, who was previously of the Commons and then uh, ran the Glendevere location for Von Ebert Brewing. He opened up his new place in McMinnville called Foreland Beer. Um, making just some already making world-class lagers and ales. Um, And then possibly the most stunning visually uh, new brewery I've ever seen is Steeplejack Brewing, which just opened up in uh, Northeast Portland, right where uh, Broadway and Weidler kind of come together at 24th. Uh, It's an old church. It was the Metropolitan Community Church. And it has been transformed into this grand brewer, brewery and brew pub um, with its high vaulted ceilings, stained glass, the church pews as tables. Uh, they repurposed all these beams to be tabletops and stool tops. It's just a just a stunning place. I'll share a link in the episode notes so people can read Andre's story about it and, and watch the video from, uh, uh, I believe that was our colleague, Sam Swindler, uh, showing kind of the the wonder that is that place. It's pretty spectacular. It really is spectacular. And, you know, there, there've been another bunch of other places that have opened Beaverton, which is a story I'm going to do here as soon as I, as soon as I can, has seen this explosion of breweries opening up. Everybody's heading West, uh, young man, young woman, Mm -hmm. um, loyal Legion is opening up there. Breakside's opening up there. Ex Novo's already there. Great notions already there. Binary Brewing is opening a second second location. Von Ebert is opening up the, out there. So it's just kind of going crazy out in Beaverton. You know, that's interesting, Andre. When I was out in um, Hillsboro, when I first joined the Oregonian in 2012, um, the future 
founders of Zoigel House, which is out in Lentz now, you know, they were pushing hard to be out in Hillsborough. Um, and they wanted, you know, that West Side beer experience. They said that's where the market is. And, you know, here we are, like, you know, nine years later, and some of the biggest names in Oregon beer are, are out in Beaverton or clamoring to get there. Uh, yeah, I remember Alan Taylor was looking around out in Beaverton kind of before all this happened, and, and it didn't happen uh, at that point for Zoigel House. And I, I have never asked him about it, but I do wonder if he kind of wished he had launched that whole, <laughs> that whole <laughs> train heading out there. Well, the future is Beaverton, I guess, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, so it's not just these new breweries that you've been uh, writing about, Andre. You also had a, you know, you don't have enough work on your plate. You figured you'd start a new venture. Um, so you're doing a, a newsletter, right? Can you talk about the newsletter and, and what you're going to offer those who are interested in all this wonderful Sudsy beer content? Absolutely. Yeah, the newsletter is pretty pretty fun it's pretty exciting to be able to do um one of the problems i have in my job is i get so much incoming and i a lot of it isn't really big enough to write a story about um and i also don't have time to just write story after story after story um to the degree that i would want to with um, all the other work there is to do like you said on breaking news but um, so when the idea of a newsletter came along and, and the opportunity for me, I kind of jumped at it because it's a way for me to get a ton of information out to people in a really good platform. Um, you know, it comes to your email every Thursday at noon. Um, all you do is go to OregonLive.com slash newsletters. And the, the, my newsletter is called Oregon Brews and News. You click on that, you enter your email and there it magically appears every Thursday for free. Um, I just spent today writing tomorrow's newsletter. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff in there. Um, I'm heading out to Bowie tomorrow uh, to check out their big expansion out in Astoria. Um, I was down at Stickman Brewing in Lake Oswego last week, talking to the owner there about their, they're opening up their third and fourth locations, one in mm -hmm. Cedar Mill, one in Happy Valley. Um, uh, got a little bit about Hammer and Stitch in there. I talked about some, about Portland Beer Week coming up uh, at the end of this week. So it's just it's just chock full of all kinds of things as a craft beer lover that people would want to know. New releases, beer of the week, um, you know, you name it, it's in there. I feel like it's a really good value at zero cents. Yeah, can't beat that. Share a link in the episode notes. Andre, how has the, you know, the past 18 months changed how you think or feel about the, the beer world? Are you you know, missing those pints at, at the pub, or do you have kind of a new found appreciation for, for having a beer, you know, sitting on the patio or a little bit of both? Um, you, you know, when people don't know how to answer a question, they always say, that's a good question, Andrew. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll just say, that's a good question, Andrew. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 58. And so I have my concerns about being out and getting COVID. Uh, you know, I think I'm probably among the demographic that's a little bit vulnerable being older. Um, so I'm definitely careful and cautious being out. Um, it makes it, you know, my first trips back out were honestly made me a little anxious, but I'm careful. You know, I've always masked up. I'm vaccinated. And so there's a certain amount of trepidation, but it's also fun to be back out and, and talking to people. And the vast majority of people I deal with are vaccinated. 
Um, and so that, you know, that brings some comfort. Um, and I went, uh, then my first newsletter, which came out, I think three weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, um, I talked about sitting on a bar stool for the first time and, and how surreal it was. And there were people within six feet of me and, um, and it was, it was kind of neat, but kind of scary. Um, and so as we re-enter the world of normalcy, if, if we are now, I don't know, maybe we're not. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the beer world is, is still a fascinating place to be a part of. Um, there's still great people out there doing the best work they can. Um, and you know, there's never going to be anything like, you know, going out and having beer with friends and, and hanging out and having fun. But I'll tell you what, my wife and I have, uh, really come to enjoy our happy hours on the patio. Um, you know, that's, uh, it's kind of become our new normal and it's just a really nice way to end our work day. And no QR codes needed. <laughs> no QR codes, uh, you know, about half the expense at least. Um, but that's, you know. But having, getting beer delivered to the door makes that easier too. So I don't know. It's, I don't know yet, Andrew. I just don't know. Andre, when you look at the fact that with the, with the obvious caveats that we talked about earlier, that a lot of people in these breweries, in the restaurants, lost wages, lost their jobs, were hard hit, um, no doubt. But the fact that this industry is still standing today, um, you know, and, and, by all accounts, I mean, they're doing okay. You've, we're talking about expansions at some of these big operations and whatnot. I mean, what do you attribute that to? It's just part of our DNA here in the state uh, and in the region at this point, or, you know, some of the innovations that they, that these businesses took on, or what do you think it is? You know, beer is part of our culture. It's part of our personality. It's part of uh, Oregon and Portland's pride. Uh, you know, we're a renowned beer city and I, I, think nobody ever, ever wants that to go away. Um, it's kind of what we do uh, as, a, as a city, as a state. There's also a lot of grit among the people who work in the industry. Um, you know, I was just blown away over the past year, you know, as you mentioned previously, seeing brewery owners out there delivering beer, um, out there hammering nails getting things built so people can go sit outside in you know, 30 degree weather on a January day. Um, they just took, did what it took to get things done. And um, I think ultimately what survives and thrives is going to be because of that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a regionalist, but you know, it feels like a Northwest thing, uh, you know, and um, that just kind of outdoorsy, lifestyle. I don't know. I, I it all just kind of, I kind of lost track of the question on, and I'm out here riffing on this, but it just feels like this is who we are in the Northwest and, and we survived the way we're going to survive. Well, I look forward to sharing a, uh, a pint with you, whether on, on your fine patio or somewhere out in the wild again, sometime in the near future. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It was fun as always. And, uh, I hope entertaining and helpful for people. Indeed. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. If you like this conversation, subscribe to Andre's Beer Newsletter. I dropped a link in the episode notes. If you like this show, leave us a five-star rating and review an Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the program. Or tell a friend. Help spread the word. The best way to support our journalism is through a subscription to Oregon Live. 
You can do that at OregonLife.com slash pod support. Until next time.